Takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marshall still fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marshall. Four to two Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, Wallace out on the homestead, Millard out at the estate, and Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... This is a busy day for, for a day off for both the Henderson Silver Knights and the Vegas Golden Knights. We got a lot going on around the Las Vegas Valley when it comes to hockey. A uh, big unveiling of the naming rights for the Henderson Event Center, Dollar Loan Center, uh, coming on board with that, and we'll we'll chat with Chuck in just a little bit uh, about uh, Dollar Loan Center partnering with uh, the city of Henderson and the Vegas Golden Knights and the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, excited about that prospect and uh, that relationship uh, taking the next step. We also have uh, a roster announcement that Cody Glass has been uh, assigned to the Henderson Silver Knights and uh, Justin Emerson chatted with uh, Kelly McCrimmon, the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights, Henderson Silver Knights, uh, this afternoon at that uh, naming unveiling uh, at the Henderson Event Center, now Dollar Loan Center, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get Justin to give us the, the Coles notes of, uh, of what Kelly McCrimmon had to say regarding uh, putting uh, Cody Glass into a situation where he can probably gain some confidence, and I wonder if that's what it's all about right now, just confidence, or is it uh, about refining the game uh, a little bit? And we also have to reflect back on last night's business-like performance by the Golden Knights over the Los Angeles Kings, and I still can't believe it. 742 winning percentage, Ryan Wallace. 742. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're, you're winning three out of every four games, and you're into the mid-30s for games played. It's one, phenomenal, and two, how do you only have a one-point lead for first place? How is there another team inside your eight-team division that's mm-hmm. just as good as that? that it just baffles me. Um, because Colorado is one of the top three teams in the league, along with Vegas and Tampa, and it's unfortunate for the Golden Knights that they are in a division with the Colorado Avalanche, but iron sharpens iron, right? You've got two teams that are really at the top of the league, and they're playing against each other. It's no surprise that when you look at that season series between Vegas and Colorado, it's even. That's because they're two elite teams going at it head-to-head. There's not much that separates them, as we see just one standings point is all that separates them right now. Now, you know my buddies, uh, Nick Kiprios and Doug McLean. Yes. Uh, guys that I did uh, a long-running radio show in Canada on Hockey Central mm-hmm. at uh, noon, it was called, and it was simulcast on uh, the NHL Network in the United States. And uh, we, uh, we had a lot of fun over the years. We got into some trouble, uh, but we also had some, <laughs> some fun o- over the years. And, uh, and some of that trouble was, uh, well, was purposeful. Some of it, we just got carried away with things. But uh, one thing about that show was we got to speak our minds. And the bosses, partly because they didn't want anything to do with us, just left us alone <laughs> to our own devices. Like, nobody really, really wanted to put their hands on the show. They uh, they thought it was easier just to let us do our own thing. 
So mm-hmm. I, I, I had the two guys on, on the Chirp podcast today. We just finished recording, actually. And the reason why I bring this up is, one, to promote the podcast, which will be released tomorrow. And uh, <laughs> number two, but number two, the real reason why it jumped into my head, because I, I wasn't going to bring it up, uh, mm-hmm. was we talked about uh, who are the best teams in the National Hockey League. Who's the best team in the NHL right now? And Doug lives in Florida. Nick lives in Toronto. I live in, mm-hmm. in Vegas. So we, we kind of yeah. have the, the, the bases covered when it comes to seeing all the teams. Like Doug doesn't stay up past 8.30 at night, Eastern time. Uh, and, and Nick, <laughs> is uh, he's got ADHD, and he's all over the place, and, and I'm out west. And I'm actually, I'm the only one that's actually in the rink uh, following. So we, mm-hmm. we, we do have our uh, own, own strengths when it comes to this. Uh, anyway, sure. uh, Nick said Tampa Bay. It's Tampa Bay, and then there's everybody else. Mm-hmm. But part of that group of everybody else is he, he loves, loves Vegas. Doug is a big fan of Colorado. He, he thinks that they are uh, a slight edge. But then he's right there with the Golden Knights and the Tampa Bay Lane. The, the interesting part was two guys who have very different opinions about the game and have uh, come at it from from alternate corners and they both put the Golden Knights, Tampa Bay and Colorado Avalanche and then mm-hmm. like there's a big gap to the other teams and uh, I thought that was uh, a, a great commentary on where the Golden Knights are as a team and we see their record but like nobody mentioned Carolina and Carolina's got that same 742 winning percentage uh, so it's not it doesn't just go on that uh, it goes on the whole body of work. And Doug was big on mentioning the, the two top lines, like the, the Carlson line and the Stone line uh, is, is incredible. And uh, Nick loves uh, Alex Petrangelo and the goaltending. I mean, they, they can't rave enough uh, about uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. So anyway, that podcast drops tomorrow if you want to hear a little bit about uh, uh, people lauding uh, the Golden Knights, the chirp with Darren Millard. Uh, and it's, it's just another reminder a little bit more reinforcement because we're in our bubble we see the golden knights all the time we mm-hmm. love how this team plays but in this year where you're playing within the division how does everybody else see it and i thought that was pretty strong commentary from a couple of guys that uh that know their stuff yeah i mean it, for me it it's those three teams and it's everybody else it's tampa it's vegas it's colorado and you know it, it's I think you you get a sense like if you watch enough games and and you know it's hard at times to watch enough games when we're in the rink every other day and focused in on the Golden Knights. That's the but hardest every, part, right? Yeah, it is. It really is. Like trying to find the time to catch up with the rest of the league and really the the understanding that it's not a a league. Uh, as we come to understand it to be, it's four separate leagues and you're just trying to play catch up as much as possible with all the other games going on. Uh, but for me, like, and, and this has been my argument in terms of Tampa Bay being among the very best. They're doing all of this without Nikita Kucherov. They won a Stanley Cup last season without Steven Stamkos. Like, this is a team that's going to, to add a piece at the playoffs that's what makes them so dangerous. That's what makes them so scary. And then the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche, they've done everything as advertised this season. They've been so very good. They are both very, very deep. And the Golden Knights, when they're getting those depth contributions, the ones that they've been getting recently from Tomas Nosek and Will Carrier and Ryan Reeves, and you're getting that extra bit of scoring, 
it it tends to again push you in that right direction. The Golden Knights have been playing so well all season long. How you build a team? Those three franchises that you mention have been constructed differently. Golden Knights are come at it from left field because of an expansion franchise. Uh, for Colorado, they really built from the top down and not from the 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 goal out because they don't have the goaltender. Right. Very, and all due respect to, to Philip Grubauer, and he's having a phenomenal season. But uh, as as much as Mark Andre Fleury's performance is turning heads, Grubauer's uh, effort this year is a bigger surprise, and and good on him uh, because uh, I I think those types of performances uh, keep us keep us all honest. And Tampa Bay is an older team, but uh, is also a team that that's built with the goalie, and then forwards mm-hmm. and yep. that defenseman was drafted uh and 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 built a- around with with steven stamko so uh they're really the like the the most complete team if, if you're gonna build it like that they've got the goalie they've got the the stud defenseman they've got the uh superstar forward and steven stamkos and then drafted around that uh colorado's colorado's different and, and i don't know which one i would necessarily take and Vegas is the outlier because you can't plan for that. Like you just can't, you can't go. I'll take an expansion team. Uh, I, I don't know. Like that's the last. That's the last one that you would pick. As yes. great as, as Vegas yes. has done, nobody's ever going to go volunteer and go. I'll take. I'll take a team with nothing, and and start and see if I can make it work. Though I would I would push back just a little bit just because it's Vegas and this is a destination. This is a place that people want to live. It's a people it's a place that people want to go to. No one expected this from the Golden Knights. No one expected them to be as good as they were year one. No one expected them to continue to build off of that and continue to to put a, a better team on paper on the ice every subsequent year but I think that a an expansion team in Vegas affords you the opportunity to go out there and maybe get looks from a couple of free agents or it, 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 it as we've seen the Golden Knights trade and then sign play, trade for and sign players like this destination does allow for I think a little bit more in terms of flexibility and getting players that want to come here I'm leaving destination out I'm just okay. talking. That's I'm fair. just talking teams, like how how you built the team. And Tampa Bay could be in Albuquerque. Uh, <laughs> Vegas could be in uh, Des Moines. So uh, I just how how you build your team and you structure your team. The mm-hmm. the last pick would be starting from scratch. No, that's well, fair. Some people some people may may really enjoy that. I, I don't. I would like to walk in and buy the house and remodel the house a little bit. I don't want to build the house from scratch. And, so, you know so what then I mean? what's your what's your ideal situation? Would it be Tampa or Colorado? Like if we're if we're throwing out the expansion team, right? Like if if, if it's Colorado looking well, at I how like, they're built, I like what Tampa's done. Sure, uh, I, I really do. Who who ends up winning more cups? Is it is it Tampa Bay? Is it is it Colorado? Uh, is it Vegas, that that has yet to be determined. But Tampa, that Tampa model, has gone to two finals in mm-hmm. the last uh, 
what five years, five years. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so there's there's that aspect. Now, uh, one was a bit of a surprise, mm-hmm. and they, sh- but you could also make the case that they should have been to uh, more than one in the last three years. Uh, but just the way the way they Steve Eisenman built that team, yeah, and drafted with with Hedman and Stamkos, and then filling the void with with Vasilevsky, um, yeah. is is just he got he got it right at every position, uh, and drafting that that's really hard. Colorado has got it really good at forward. They look like they're going to be dynamic on the back end, mm-hmm. uh, maybe yeah. even deeper than, than Tampa Bay. Uh, we'll see uh, how many Norris trophies eventually come out of that group. But they acquired all their goaltending, and it's still to be determined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm always going to go where the goalie is. Like, that's just kind of how I, I view teams that are able to kind of take that next step and get over the hump you you need a goaltender that can get you there you need a guy that that can dominate games at times and if you're asking me which which situation I would prefer if I was a general manager coming into a situation you give me a cornerstone defenseman you give me Steven Stamkos and you give me a a goaltender that could be among the very best year in and year out, and he's in his prime, I'm going with that situation every single day over not really knowing what I'm going to get come playoff time with Philip Grubauer. So you you examine Tampa Bay and just go from an individual trophy perspective. The ultimate trophy is the Stanley Cup, and they've got one yeah. else. Yeah. But they have uh, Nikita Kucherov, Art Ross winner. Yep. You have uh, Steven Stamkos, Rocket Richard winner. Uh, you have Victor Hedman, Norris Trophy winner. You have Andre Vasilevsky as a Vezina Trophy winner. Uh, John Cooper should have won a, a Coach of the Year uh, award, but didn't. But, uh, but I digress. Like, th- th- those, those individual accolades are impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you... Then you put them all on the same team, and you wonder, how can they not be good? How can they not be great? And and you you, like, you could make the the argument that uh, that they've underachieved with with that much individual talent all in their prime at the same time. But boy, oh boy, we're talking. Uh, Mark Stone as a Hart Trophy candidate and a lock to win the Selkie. You know, that's one, that's one guy. Tampa Bay has three. Yeah. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. And 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 when you look at the roster, right? Like, and that's, that's the interesting thing. You just, you just said they're all homegrown. You're absolutely right. Like there have been a couple of trades, obviously uh, last year that, that took them over the top. You got Blake Coleman, you've got Barkley Goodrow, those, those two players, uh, Pat Maroon, like you, you, you kind of those trophy winners, those individual trophy winners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing for me like when I when I look at this roster with with Tampa and I look at just kind of every position, how good they are, how good those individual players have been, where they're at in terms of their career, and you know, for the most part 
paid probably exactly what that what market value is. Like, you know, when you look at at Steven Stamkos at eight point five over the course of the the next four years, like for the type of player that he is. That is not an overpayment on the market, and and that's that's kind of been the key, I think, for Tampa to to keep all these pieces together. And yes, there were cap gymnastics that had to happen this season, but you win a Stanley Cup, you, you'll deal with that when you have to. Uh, for me, I, I go back to you saying maybe they've underachieved. They've absolutely underachieved because if not for that Columbus series where they get swept, if not for that, I think we're looking at Tampa back-to-back champions being the favorite again this season to go all the way. Like They're the type of team that I look at and say, this, this should be at least the finalist every single season because they're just so good and so stacked. Now, where, which one do you want? Do you want Tampa? Do you want Colorado? There's Vegas. thing to keep in mind here is we're talking about the three top teams in the National Hockey League right now. Uh, partly based off my, my podcast uh, conversation today with the guys and, and what mm-hmm. you mentioned off the bat. Stamkos, Kucherov, Vasilevsky, Hedman. All play for the Tampa Bay Lightning, the, Stamp, the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. All have won individual awards. Hart, Art Ross, Rocket Richard, Vesna, Norris. All four were drafted by the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is huge. Mm-hmm. But all four were drafted by the Tampa Bay Lightning before the Golden Knights even existed. <laughs> like, it takes it takes some time. Sure. So they're they're in their prime, they're right. Which is another one of those examples of how incredibly uh, talented the group with the Golden Knights has been to put what we're seeing on the ice today in a seven forty two winning percentage, uh, uh game thirty three. Uh, but you've had to do that and put that together very differently mm-hmm. and it's it's the route is different but you're all you're all at the same table and i'm i'm impressed at how differently you could have three or four different different teams all at the elite status uh but but constructed uh from 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 very different mindsets yeah, 100%. I mean, it's it's not a cookie-cutter league, and, and I know that... But it is look a cookie-cutter league. But like, uh, it, like, it, it, like we follow, I, but, but in, in, this, in this case, it, it has I, been different. I, I, I disagree that it should be. Like, I think that there are a lot of different ways to build a team, and you have to identify your philosophy and, and work within those parameters. Like, as, as well as... Joe Sackick has been and at, at at drafting players. He's also utilized trades incredibly well to get assets back and build his team that way. Uh, you look at the Golden Knights, they that philosophy of we're going to go out into this expansion draft, we're going to get the best goaltender available to us, the best one possible. We're going to try to build a a a cavalcade of assets and we're going to build through speed and we're going to we're, you know, that's that's kind of how we're going to do it. And then over time, you can kind of morph and change what that philosophy is going to look like in terms of how you're going to play and what players you're going to target target as they come available via trade or free agency. And then when it comes to Tampa, it was all of our key players are going to be drafted 
and developed. And we're going to be patient and we're going to take our time. And then once we have a team we think is capable of winning a Stanley Cup, we're going to supplement. And, and those are, are very different strategies, but they're all arriving at the same place. And, and I think that the worst things, the worst thing that a team could do is lose sight of what their individual philosophy is to try and be cookie cutter, to say, okay, well, Tampa just won a Stanley Cup and they've drafted and developed incredibly well. Okay, well, you know, if you're right there and you maybe are one or two trades away, don't just say, ah, now we're going to focus on drafting and developing. Like, I just think that, that individual teams need to approach it in, in their own way and well, there's a time when you have to push the chips in, right? Yeah, there's a time yeah, when you absolutely. have to push. Absolutely. And Vegas like, did that after year number one. They pushed the chips, and they went, we've got something here. We're, we're changing the plan. And the plan was sped up dramatically. Max sure. Pacioretty coming on board, then Mark Stone. Uh, so they, they evolved. Tampa had to go through enormous pain, and they – Tampa was saved by an owner that that came in and gave them stability and gave them time and was willing to be patient. And they also piggybacked on on, on the Stamkos and Hedman uh, draft era. But our, yeah. our our friend Brian Lawton was was in that in that general manager chair uh, with with the Tampa Bay Lightning and and the ownership group, and it wasn't going well. It didn't go well. And they made the wrong choice on a coach. And they made uh, a, a couple of uh, uh, questionable decisions on, on talent, which everybody hits and misses uh, a large percent of the time. Like you, you don't uh, knock it out of the park every, every time. Uh, Vegas, strong ownership and a yeah. plan. And, 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 a, and an owner that was willing to change with the plan uh, when, the, when the plan was, was so uh, far and above. When, when the performance was far and above what the plan was uh, projected to be, he changed, and he spent the money. Uh, uh, they spent the money. The, uh, the Colorado Avalanche, very, very different. Like, you had, you had Patrick Wan there, and it was going sideways. And he walked. And it might have been the best thing for the franchise <laughs> ever <laughs> that Patrick Wan basically threw the keys on the table, yeah. and they promoted Jared Bednar from uh, the American Hockey League, who, had, who has a good resume. But I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you, and, I, and I've told Jared this, like, I didn't think it was going to work. And right. if, if, uh, if I be totally truthful, uh, I expected Jared Bednar to last like one year, maybe, maybe a year and a half. But, but they found something. Because it was, it, was, it was chaos when he yeah. took over. Like, yeah. Uh, part of me believes that they promoted Jared Bednar because they just had to put somebody in that. It was so late in the process, and it worked. But then they 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 drafted McKinnon. They they found these kids on the blue line. Landeskog has been amazing for them. Like stability yep. wise, Gabriel yep. Landeskog is a pillar of stability. He's a good player, and and a great player, great leader. Uh I l- so it's that part they they lucked out. Everybody's got to hit and luck out a little bit. Yep. Vegas lucked yep. out on that that beautiful year. Uh, Tampa Bay lucked out with Vasilevsky. The Colorado sure Avalanche kind of lucked out, lucked out with Jared Bednar. 
Like that's where uh, and, and and the coaching change with Patrick Waugh walking. It, and and I would argue trades, right? Like trades are are one of the big cornerstones. Like you when you get a a piece like Sam Girard in that Matt Duchesne deal, right? Like mm-hmm. and you get the opportunity with one of those picks you get in the Matt Duchesne deal to to draft Bo Byram. Yeah. You know, you you start looking through the way that the Colorado Avalanche were built. It's a trade for Andre Burakovsky. It's a trade for Nazem Kadri. It's a trade for Nemestikov. It's a trade for those types of players, Brandon Saad, like Devon Taves. Like that's really where I think Joe Sackick has has really impacted how this team was built and 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 made it more than just a couple of superstars in Nathan McKinnon and Miko Ranton and Gabe Landeskog. You've built an entire team around those players, and they've been. And, and every trade really feels like it's hit for Joe Sackick. But you've also had to be patient. Yeah. Well, with that yeah, group. And absolutely. I'm not sure Patrick Waugh <laughs> had the patience, which is part of the reason for the parting of the ways. So which, which roster today would you take if you had to pick one, two, three between those <sighs> uh, three teams? Because they're, they're different. Yeah. But they're all right there challenging for the Stanley Cup at this moment. It's, we're not projecting five years out, and we're not mm-hmm. looking two years back. We're looking at right now. And it's very difficult to pick between those three rosters. And Kucherov is part of the mix, but he's not mm-hmm. part of the mix because he's not playing. Yeah. We think he's going to play. Like, I think Tampa Bay's overachieved this year. I don't know what they would have been like during a full regular season, uh, yeah. but but this this 56-game season inside your own division, I think, has been a benefit to Tampa Bay. Uh, they don't have the high-end competition, and that's saying something because we know where, where Carolina is uh, mm-hmm. with success this year, but I don't consider Carolina to be in the same group. So where do you take Tampa because they're the champions? And then decide between Colorado and Vegas, or do you go off the map a little bit and go Petrangelo, uh, addition to Vegas, mm-hmm. Mark Andre Fleury, it, the way he's played. You know, it, it's tough because if we're if we're kind of factoring in Kucherov as as kind of on the outside, it's it's a little difficult to kind of factor in. Alex Petrangelo, just well, simply because Petrangelo's he has missed 13 games, Kucherov has missed the entire season. Well, right, but I'm, we're talking about a player that, that's coming into a new a new situation with the Golden Knights, and it, it as every time he's kind of gotten to that point where his game's starting to come around, he's starting to get those looks that we expect from Alex Petrangelo. He's had to, to battle illness, and he's had to battle an injury. So it, it's hard to really say that Alex Petrangelo, when he comes back for the Golden Knights. Game one is going to be that Alex Petrangelo we expect him to be. I, I don't think it'll take long, but I think there's going to be a little bit of that grace period there. Okay, that's fair. I think you're, you know what I mean. I, you're being slightly overly conservative on that end. I, I mean, that's that's how I'm choosing to look at it, though. Like you, you drop Nikita Kucherov in, I, th- I think we all know exactly what Nikita Kucherov is going to be for Tampa Bay. Like I. I I, I think when you, when you factor in that the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup, like they went through 
all of those teams that they had to go through, especially Columbus, they exercised those demons and come out the other side in an incredibly mentally draining tournament in the bubble last season. And it's that learning how to win, quote unquote, um, uh, type type situation there. Like, I have a hard time picking against the current Stanley Cup champions. Like, they are the ones that got it done last year. They found those ways, and I still think that... And that was Nick's Nick's point, too. That that was absolutely easy. So where do you go next? Because then you you have have a decision to make. I mean, I'm telling you right now, I'm going Vegas because they've got the goalie. Like, again, I I know what Marc-Andre Fleury can do in the playoffs. I know what Robin Leonard can do in the the playoffs. Just having Philip Grubauer as your only legitimate option scares the crap out of me, and I'm going with the goalie. I'm with you. I would go Tampa, Vegas, Colorado. Yeah. And it's it's not just the goaltender, but I love the the pillar of Petrangelo back there. The addition of Petrangelo really swings it for me uh, on, on the Golden Knights. And and I think the top two lines can can skate with each other uh, on both teams. Interesting how how you, you look at it. because of how they're built and how they're they're constructed. Uh, differently, and even today, they look different, but they're all in their prime, and we wouldn't be surprised if any of the three won the Stanley Cup at the end of this year. Yeah, at least I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's one of those three for sure. You might be argumentative and, and change it. Hey, uh, we we're gonna chat with uh, with our friend uh, Justin Emerson coming up, who I always want to call by a different name. Really, Nelson Emerson, the old uh, the that old makes winner. Sense. In, yeah. in the National Hockey League, old Winnipeg Jet. Uh, Justin uh, chatted with Kelly McCrimmon today about the decision to assign Cody Glass to the Henderson Silver Knights. So we'll chat with Justin next on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. That time where we talked about playing Dan Duva coming back from break, day after games. Yeah, that lasted one commercial break. We do have like <laughs> six breaks. <laughs> no, no, the like for the open or you know whatever. Uh, Justin Emerson's uh, joining us now. Uh, let's chat about uh, what's going on with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Henderson Silver Knights. And uh, there is a whole lot uh, with the naming rights uh, attached to the Henderson Event Center. Dollar Loan Center taking uh, control of that, and uh, we'll have uh, title sponsorship. Uh, we'll chat with uh, Chuck in just a little bit and get a little bit more on the uh, on the building side. But uh, from the the players' point of view, uh, Justin, you were out there today and you got an opportunity to uh, to speak with uh, with a few different people, uh, including General Manager Kelly McCrimmon. And the Henderson Silver Knights will boast. Cody Glass in the lineup uh, on their road trip uh, to Tucson. They go on a long uh, road trip uh, over the next uh, couple of weeks. What what did Kelly have to say, and, and how did he explain it, what they're looking for from, from Cody Glass? Because it, it may come as a surprise to some that because Cody had played so well last night. Yeah, I, I'll admit I was a little surprised. Um, and I think that if, if he would have been sent to Henderson before 
last night, I don't think it would have been as much of a surprise because he'd been a healthy scratch. He'd been out of the lineup. Pete DeBoer said that it looked like he was suffering from a little bit of fatigue at the end of the game. So they were they were trying to get him right. But he played last night. He played spectacularly. So I, so I was a little surprised. So um, so I was talking to Kelly McCrimmon today, and, and I asked him about that. I said, well, is, is, you know, is, this a, is this a cat move, or are you looking to get him into the lineup? And he's, he said that Glass has been terrific on the power play. I think we've all that have watched Golden Knights games can see that, that he's been a real power play weapon, but that he wanted to see him get a little bit better at five on five. So I, I looked it up and I was, I was a little surprised. Maybe you guys know Cody Glass doesn't have a five on five goal this year. They were no, all come not. on the power play. Yeah. Half of his, half of his points this year have come on the power play. So he's, he really has struggled at five on five. And then you, you take a dive into some of the more advanced numbers and you look at it and his five on five play has, has, has been pretty poor. And I think that they're, trying to get him right and get him a little bit of confidence playing with the Silver Knights. Just in, in terms of, of trying to build that confidence, like as you, as you look at Cody Glass going down to play with Henderson and, and you know, what you're expecting, what you're hoping to see from him, what did, what was the, the sense that you got from Kelly McCrimmon as to what the hope is and what they're looking for Cody to do in those games? I think that they want him to go down there and dominate. I mean, I think that Cody Glass is, is too good for the American Hockey League. And I, that's the reason that he's been in the National Hockey League all year and for, for most of last season when he was healthy. And I think that if they can get him to go down there and play some of those top-line minutes and get, back, get him back to where he was, you know, he was, he was dominant in junior. He was dominant in that stint in the American Hockey League coming out of junior when they went to the Calder Cup Finals with the Chicago Wolves. So I think they want to see him back in that role that he has excelled in for his entire hockey life. And he's come to the NHL, and it's, he's, he's had some road bumps. And Cody Glass has, for his entire life, been the best player on his team. And it just hasn't happened at the NHL because there are adjustments. And not, not everybody can jump in at 18 and be a star right away. Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel, Austin Matthews, these guys make it look easy. It's not. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, Glass. He turns 22 on Thursday, I think. So he's he's still a very young player with with a lot of time to grow. And uh, I think that if they can get him back down in the American Hockey League and playing like the star player that they envision him being in the National League, then they'll uh, then we'll see him back here in a couple of weeks. Justin Emerson's with us. He chatted with General Manager Kelly McCrimmon today uh, about the decision to assign Cody Glass to the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, I don't want to go through the the discussion that you had with Kelly by saying, did you ask this? Did you ask that? Did you, did you, uh, <laughs> uh, so, so well, check out the Las Vegas sun over the next couple of days. That, and, and I will do that. I absolutely will. Uh, and, and I can't wait to, to pick up the read. And, and part of, of having you on is to, to promote that because I think it's a, it's a great opportunity and you deserve it because you, you're the one that had the conversation and, and it should be uh, pointed out to people that, that, that you will have the, the scoop, uh, so to speak, uh, with the, with the manager uh, on this, this transaction but did you did you get an idea of uh, why now uh, is it strictly confidence is it uh, uh, just a, a temporary thing uh, there, uh, there's a there's a few different things there it, it does sound like it's a temporary thing I don't think I, I believe and I, I bet a lot of money on the fact that we'll see Cody Glass back with the Golden Knights sometime this season. And uh, I think it'll be sooner rather than later, within a couple of weeks. And I think when the playoffs roll around, he'll be in the lineup. That's kind of that's the impression that I got. And 
you know, a, a quote that kind of stuck with me, what, what McCrimmon said today, he said, you know, you want to make your decisions based on what's best for development. At the same time, we're in the winning business. So you're factoring all those things together. So right now, it seems like the Golden Knights don't feel like Cody Glass can help them win every night. And I, I don't know how harsh that sounds, but that, that's kind of the takeaway, takeaway that I got. And the Golden Knights are, are in a position that they're able to do this, that if they were fighting for a playoff spot and they're like, you know what, we need, we need Cody to kind of figure it out, they'd they, they might have to keep them in the lineup and just kind of throw them to the wolves a little bit. But the fact that they are, I mean, they're going to the playoffs. I mean, they could, if they lose every game, they might still make the playoffs the way that they've banked so many points and the way that the West Division is shaken out. But um, they're able to let Nicholas Waller, Keegan Colasar, Tomasz Nosek, or whoever it is, play that third-line center role for a couple of weeks while they can afford to be patient with Cody Glass. And I know that a lot of fans are kind of tired of patience when it comes to Cody Glass. Like, they had to wait three years to see him, and then he came up, and then he got hurt, and we just want to see Cody Glass play every night. I get that, and I also understand where uh, where management's coming from and wanting to um, wanting to get him right, uh, because he's going to be... I, I We talked about it so much at the beginning of the year. I wrote a big preview talking about how Cody Glass is going to be the key to the season, and he hasn't been so far, but he still can be, um, because for the Golden Knights, it was never about the regular season. It's about the postseason, and if he's if he's ready to go in a month when the playoffs start, I think that that's going to be a major thing, and we we won't even we won't even remember the, the couple of weeks that he wasn't here. This conversation will filter into the Las Vegas Sun and Justin Emerson's uh, conversation with General Manager Kelly McCrimmon about uh, the Golden Knights' decision to assign Cody Glass, the first ever draft choice, uh, to the American Hockey League's Henderson Silver Knights. I, I will uh, go on record saying I, I think that this is this is the right time. This is due. This is the next step. Uh, for Cody Glass, they gave him a chance. They gave him uh, a, a lot of time in the National Hockey League, and when it didn't transition and and translate into uh, numbers that you would expect uh, from that position, then this is the logical step that you take to get a player confident in playing. Uh, do you agree with that, or uh, do you have another opinion on that, Justin? No, I think that they're they're doing what they can, and I think. That I, I would imagine, and I don't want to necessarily speak for the organization, so I'll speak from maybe what the fans are thinking. I think they're probably a little disappointed in what they see from Glass. I think that at this point, at in his second year at age 21, about to turn 22, that they wanted a full-time regular that was ready to go. They drafted him sixth overall. They had two other first-round picks in that draft, as, as we all know, and they, they've traded both of those away, kind of with the implicit belief that Cody Glass is going to be the best of them otherwise. You know, maybe they would have held on to the others. Um, so I think that it is a little disappointing, and it's fair to be disappointed that Glass hasn't been that player yet. We saw and, and he's it. disappointed too. No, yeah, he, yep. he definitely is. And like I, I talked to him at the beginning of the year. We've all we've all talked to him, and he he this isn't what he wants. He wants to be a star. He wants everybody does. And um, so to kind of to kind of see this is, is is a bit of a bummer but I wouldn't I wouldn't write him off or anything like that I don't no. you know I wouldn't use the word bust or anything like that like there's there's still a lot of time for a young player to figure it out I mean you look at a guy like you know we we look at Mark Stone all the time you know he went to, he spent a couple of years in the American League and he wasn't a full-time NHL player until I think he was 22 or 23 so he was a late bloomer and he was a sixth round pick and has turned into a superstar in the league so he's obviously the best case scenario but uh no I mean I think that uh you know, a couple of weeks in the in the AHL isn't, I don't think, the worst thing for for Glass right now. You know, Justin, when you when you 
look at the kind of this experiment when it's done, when Cody Glass is back with the Golden Knights, what do you think his ideal role is? Where do you see him impacting this lineup the best? I think where he played last night. And I think last night, I think it's really funny that he got sent down today after the game that he had last night because I thought he was spectacular last night. He was playing that third-line center role. He was he was looking good defensively. The zone entries were pristine. He, he helped set up that last goal at the end, even if he didn't get the assist on it. But um, I think that third-line center is is where where he fits best. Chandler Stevenson is, is perfect for Patrick Eddie and Stone. Carlson, you don't want to mess with him, with mess around with pulling him away from Smith and Marchessault. So, so just kind of by process of elimination, I think Cody Glass is, in an ideal role, the, the perfect third-line center, and he hasn't been that yet. So I think if maybe we see him in a couple of weeks and come playoff time, that that's, that's where the Golden Knights want to see him, and I think that's where he fits the best. And, and don't discount the fact that they, they may try a couple of different looks on that third line with Cody Glass with the Henderson Silver Knights to try and figure out what they have or what they don't have and what they may need to do two weeks yesterday. Uh, is the National Hockey League trade deadline. So I think there's a lot about the, that goes into the timing of this decision today that relates to what we're going to be talking about in, in 14 days from now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that's, that's a great point because if they, you know, you don't want to make a snap decision off of a couple of games, but let's say Cody Glass just really struggles. Uh, he goes down to the American League or he gets hurt or it's just clear that, you know, he hasn't, Whatever happens, and he's yeah. not the guy, and they decide that he, he that they need something. They have a little bit of time right now to kind of assess the trade market, and maybe go pick up another center, another another forward somewhere, and um, you know maybe right now you're looking at it going, oh, you know they've got such a great record. Yeah, there's always places to improve, whatever. But maybe that is a spot that if if Glass struggles over the next couple of weeks or next 13 days or whatever it is, that they're like, okay, we we need another center, and so I I think that's a good point there. Uh, and it also gives him the opportunity to find his game, and then you don't have to do anything in two weeks if he does discover yeah. that magical touch and that and that confidence. Like, do you do you think it's about getting used to this new body? Uh, is it about coming off the injury, or is it just about confidence with Cody Glass? You know, maybe maybe it's just a little bit of everything, and uh, mm. you know, he is a little bit bigger. I think so many words were written about that. I did it too at the beginning of the season about yeah. how he's he's going to be a little bit slower this year, but he's going to be a little bit tougher. And I, I saw that early in the year, and you know, through the first five six games, I think he was, you know, he had a point a game. He was fighting people off the boards. He looked really good, and um, so maybe there's a minor injury that we don't that wasn't disclosed that he was fighting through. Players are banged up all the time. Nobody's 100 percent in the National Hockey League, and. Uh, Maybe he's fighting through that. Maybe it is just confidence. Maybe it's trying to adjust to the new game or whatever it is. Uh, I think you, you you touched on it perfectly that the ideal scenario is he looks terrific in the American Hockey League over the next two weeks. The Golden Knights are like, okay, we don't need an addition, and we'll just bring him back up, and then he, he settles back into the player that they hope he can be. Yeah, he's in such a, a tough position, Ryan, because he was the first-ever draft choice in that, in that first year, and – and when you're an expansion team, everything is built around that. Now, they ended up being so incredible that you want that draft trajectory to maintain the pace of the franchise trajectory. And it, it's, it's gone in reverse. The franchise has taken off. The, the, the Cody Glass part hasn't. And, and sometimes it's tough to get your head around that, and we all have to take a step back on it. 
Yeah, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I agree with that for sure. And, you know, it's it's a tough spot because of the expectations that mm-hmm. are on Cody Glass and, and really coming into this season expecting that, that this is a player that can step in and fill some of the voids that are, are within the organization in terms of centers because uh, you, you go out and you make the move and bring in Alex Petrangelo. So uh, no one's got higher expectations on Cody Glass than Cody Glass. And, and the biggest question that I have is whatever he ends up doing in the American Hockey League, how does that translate? If Cody Glass goes down, dominates the AHL, because we, we suspect as, as we look at him that he is just better in that league, he's going to be immense. He's going to be much better. How much do you think that's going to translate to his game at the NHL level once he gets back? I, I, I think there's a lot to be said for playing with confidence, and it seems like it's such a, I do too. a, a basic yeah. a basic thing. But I think we saw it in you know, a player like, like Alex Tuck. Like, let's, let's look at him. Last year, he was, he was hurt a little bit. He did not have a good regular season. He comes in healthy, confident into the playoffs. He was fantastic. He carried that over. He was spectacular. Uh, for a lot of this year, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, it seemed like every shot he was taking was going in the net, and they, you, you couldn't keep him off of the ice. And so you just need a couple of things to get that going, and sometimes it's just a goal. It's a tap-in. It's a greasy goal that works. But, you know, Glass has had a couple of those, but that hasn't quite worked. So you move him up the lineup. You play him between Stone and Pacioretty when Stevenson was out, and that didn't quite get him going either. So now you're just kind of looking at the next step. You've tried a lot of things that you can do on the Golden Knights, so the next step is to send him to the Silver Knights, and that's that's why you have an AHL affiliate, right? So, yeah. so you can develop players. And uh, just because you make the National Hockey League doesn't mean your development's over. And I and think I, that's I, just I, what's happening with class. I can't wait to watch him play with a bit of a chip on his shoulder and be, be ticked and off. He, he's going to go down angry, right? Yeah, yeah, I can't, I'm really looking forward to that. So I went to Arizona State for school. Uh, yeah. Rival is, in, is U of A in Tucson. So I don't love the city of Tucson. And I say that because that's where the Silver Knights are this week. So... Cody Glass woke up in Las Vegas. He's going to bed in Tucson. That's like the best place you could be to wake up, and like the worst place you could be to go to sleep. So, you know, you'd be a little <laughs> angry. I would be too. This message brought to you by the Tucson Chamber of Commerce. Uh, oh, thank, thank you, uh, thank you, Justin. Uh, this is this is awesome. I <laughs> uh, appreciate uh, you uh, giving us uh, an idea of your conversation with Kellen Kerman, and we, uh, we can't wait to uh, to read it uh, over the next couple of days in the Las Vegas Sun. Uh, be well and uh, and keep up the great work. Thanks, guys. Sorry to all the uh, Tucson Golden Knights fans. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, Justin Emerson from the uh, Las Vegas Sun. Uh, look forward to it. We'll keep track of uh, of the road trip. Uh, we were watching the Henderson Silver Knights very closely. That process uh, has just ramped up significantly. Good news of the day is coming up, and then we'll also get into last night's performance against the Los Angeles Kings, and uh, Chuck's going to join us from Dollar Loan Center about today's big announcement with the Henderson uh, Event Center. Uh, a huge uh, move uh, for uh, DLC, and then as well as the Henderson Silver Knights and the uh, city of Henderson. It's uh, all happening here on the VGK Insider Show. It's why you tune in for a couple hours every day on Fox Sports Las Vegas. <laughs> It's time for the good news of the day on the VGK Insider Show. 
The good news of the day is brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. And I get it. We have to keep the bit alive with the San Jose Sharks and how we can't ever say anything complimentary about San Jose. Although I'm going to flip that today because Eric Carlson had an epic, epic game for the San Jose Sharks. Carlson scored twice in regulation and scored the shootout winner in last night's Sharks victory over the Minnesota Wild. So Carlson, in essence, did something that was nice to Golden Knights fans. He prevented the Minnesota Wild from getting an extra standings point. And the shootout winner was a slap shot from the hash marks. Just filthy... And so wrong for so many different reasons. That said, it wasn't really the game that had everyone talking about Eric Carlson last night. It was his post-game presser. Chapman, roll the clip. All right, Eric, is that the best offensive game you've ever had? Uh, two goals and essentially a hat trick when the game winner and the uh, shootout? Not even close. <laughs> Shane. So that's Eric Carlson. And what you don't see, and what you maybe you could hear it, I'm not sure. I could, yeah, I could but hear. While, while Eric Carlson is being asked that question, he is chowing down on an apple. Chowing down on an apple and just has that retort not even close to the best offensive game I've ever had. Clearly, the reporter was not aware of Eric Carlson's best years with the Ottawa Senators. Uh, first of all, it was full chompage, like full. Oh yeah, on it was chompage. so good. It was apple. so good. Like we're, we've all been around that person. Uh, Rude Dog is is my buddy who eats an apple like he's a horse, like, <laughs> mouth open, and, <laughs> and you're like, come on, like that was full chompage uh, yeah. for Eric Carlson, full on swagger, and he's played a lot better in the last three four weeks. Uh, yeah, injury healed, uh, playing much better. Uh, he snapped the stick over the crossbar last night or the game before. Uh, Might have been last night uh, during the course of the game. Like he's he's he, there's something different about him in the last mm-hmm. month, and yep. it sort of came about uh, the, the talking about how he didn't sign up for a rebuild, uh, and, and he's breaking sticks. He's playing much better. He's more intense. I don't know whether he took the slap shot in the shootout last night because he wanted to do it or it was because Ryan Hartman did it, the shot before, yeah. for Minnesota, yeah. and, and missed the net. And Carlson just said, screw you, I'm going to try it. He went <laughs> top shelf on, on, on uh, uh, the goaltender. But it, it, was, it was interesting. And there's his contract's way out of whack, so he's never going to be moved. But mm-hmm. if they if they were close right now to making the playoffs, I'd be worried about them because of the the give a crap meter right now for him is zero. Yep. He's just going to go out and do his thing, and I think it's going to be dangerous. I think he's going to play really well. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. And and I think that, you know, you, you say swagger, that's certainly a word that I would use for Eric Carlson, in not just the way that he's been playing, but also with that press conference. Uh, yeah. But I, I think that it's it's to a point, like, if you come out and you make those comments talking about how you didn't sign up necessarily for the reset, and you have to, and then you say, we've got to learn to win with the pieces that we have here, I think maybe there's a little bit of acknowledgement that Eric Carlson needed to play better, and he's done that. He has kind of held up his end of the bargain saying, you know what, I'm a piece that's going to be here. I know I'm going to be here. It's time for me to get my game going in the right direction, and I think that he has. I would never say this without going into uh, much more detail, looking into it and talking to more people, but from the outside, to me, it looks like he said, I'm not playing safe anymore. I'm not going to try and fit in anymore. I'm not going to try and be nice Eric anymore. I'm just going to go out and play and do my thing, yeah. and I don't care. Yeah. And, and he's got you. a bit more attitude and just be, just be him, and whether it fits into the team concept or not. And some guy, like uh, Kovalchuk is like that. Like he, can't, he couldn't function within the team concept. He's a great player. Uh, and yep. in some some areas, it worked out, and in some places like LA, it was a disaster. Uh, like, give a crap, Eric Carlson might be the best thing to happen to the San Jose Sharks if he if he doesn't, because he just goes out and plays, and uh, we'll we'll see. That was that was some great uh, good news. Can we play that clip one more time? Just chomping on the apple. <laughs> All right, Eric, is that the best office game you've ever had? Uh, two goals and essentially a hat trick when the game winner and the shootout. Uh, not even close. No. <laughs> Shang. <laughs> okay. Don't ask that question because that, that you're right. Like it was it was a goofy question to ask. The guy's got the guy's got a trophy case of, of Norris uh, trophies. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I won't uh, I won't school the media members on on how to ask questions because I've certainly asked a few. How do you how poor Shang had to be the guy to follow up that question too? It's like. Nobody wants to be the one. Poor Shang. Well, I mean, I'm sure Shang. I'm sure Shang didn't mind one bit. (laughs) Yeah. What do you you mean, poor Shang? First first of all, if he asks a halfway legitimate question, then he's good. Yeah, but it looks it looks normal compared to the previous question. I mean, like the guy who has to follow up the goofiness I ask sometimes. Nobody wants to be that guy. Nobody wants to follow. I'll be. You should. You should always. You okay? I'll sign up every day to ask the question after you, Chapman. Because they'll go, oh, finally, a normal question. <laughs> Honestly, like, they either have to make a determination on you, Chapman, as you get the first question of the press conference or you get the last question of the press conference. Well, to be fair, my, my post game is, is always on point. My post game. You're, you're much better. You're much better on. on actually, uh, Darren Elliott asked me last night, uh, "Who's this asking a question?" I said, "It's your buddy Chapman from uh, from the VGK Insider Show. We were we were doing it." Ah. You get your own segment at the end of the show. Stop jumping hold, in. Hold on, hold on, real quick, because this is funny. Um, Maddie J. Bebe just tweeted at us Hey, I live in Tucson. I'm offended. Just kidding. This place compared to Vegas, mm-mm, I live there too. Yeah, it's a tough, tough one to compare. Uh, Des Moines, Tucson, I think you could draw that. Uh, Albuquerque, yeah. 
Maybe. Uh, it's the VGK Insider Show. Uh, good news of the day brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit since 1951. We have some big news in the Las Vegas Valley when it comes to hockey. We'll get to that in just a little bit, plus our ratings from last night's convincing victory over the Los Angeles Kings. Just got a note from my buddy with the L.A. Kings. Uh, he was very nice to me, and now I'm going to go out and carve his team. That's not going to be nice. Uh, it's going to be a little bit awkward. And uh, we'll also get to one-timers, news and notes from the National Hockey League. We are less than two weeks from the National Hockey League trade deadline. Things are heating up. VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.